Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Oh, it's Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ on Thursday the 19th of August and another big day for us here in the morning, our second day into lockdown. Today we had Bernard Saundry, NZTR's CEO, and he talked to us about the desperate need to get racing back up and running once we get down to level three. The contingency plans are in place. Now we just need the government to give us the green light when that time comes. Kendra Coxedge, well, the Black Ferns, they're on the road. They're on the road. The girls are going to tour the Northern Hemisphere. We talked to her a little bit about um, what their, their challenges are, which lie in front of them when they take on the French and the English sides up in the Northern Hemisphere. And then we chatted to Ian Healy, who gave us a fascinating insight into some of the dealings of what is unfolding over in Australian cricket right now. It doesn't look good, and it looks as if there is a butting of the heads between the coach, Justin Langer, and the players, and particularly the leaders within the side. So that's a watch this space as we move forward. We also had Paul Moati on, who was a shadow of himself, is wasn't he? <laughs> he is absolutely deflated and well tonight's tip that you've just given might absolutely bury him so good luck Paul Moati <laughs> and you are listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast right now at Chemist Warehouse find Coldrill day and night cold and flu 24 tablets just twelve ninety nine. this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ Kia and good morning to all of Aotearoa. It is Thursday the 19th of August and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. Another big show today. Hopefully you've all got up nice and early on this lockdown day to come and listen to Baz and Izzy talk about all things sport. Have a bit of a laugh and a joke along the way and... Uh, and have some interesting conversations with some big hitters in, in and around the sporting scene from New Zealand. Today we have got Bernard Saundry on the phone talking to us, NZTR CEO, talking about the racing industry. It is ground to a halt under level four and it is such a big industry. We need to find a way to get that up and running and so we'll get the lay of the land with Bernard Saundry. We have Kendra Coxedge to talk to us about the Black Ferns and where things are lying with their tours. We have Ian Healy out of Australia, the former Australian cricket great and now SEN commentator over in Australia to talk to us about an interesting issue which is playing out with the Australian cricketing coach, Justin Langer, and the players. And don't we love a scandal with the Australian cricket team when we're sitting back here in New Zealand? 
But for now, though, it is a very good morning to my co-host. And he's a bit cold down there in Christchurch. He's up and about with his puffer vest and his beanie on in the home studio. Good morning, my friend. Hello, Iz. Good morning, my good friend, Bears. Man, I look forward to seeing you in the morning because reality <laughs> is it's three hours by ourselves. You know, we're locked at home. I'm locked in the in the, in the the cave out here. The kids can't get in. I'm hidden away. And reality is we're off at 9.01, but I don't walk out of here till 10.30. So I've got an hour and a half post this to myself, <laughs> and I can't wait, mate. But like you said, look, we've got some great, great topics to cover today. Just uh, checking up. Uh, the Bledisloe Cup test, whether the All Blacks leave next week could be an interesting uh, process. Obviously, Western Australia Premier cast doubts over over that. They potentially might have to quarantine for two weeks. So that, that casts a, a lot of doubts on that tour. But um, all things sport, great to chat to Kendra about, uh, you know, the, the Black Ferns tour. They've announced they've got an end of year tour, which is game changer for them. Um, you know, they've never had, had a tour post uh well, I've never travelled around around Europe, um, leading into a World Cup, so it's a great little opportunity for those girls. And then Ian Healy um, chatting the Australian cricket team, Justin Langer, and what's going over on over there as well, mate. But hey, uh, things have changed at home. I've had a great day yesterday. I spent good times with the kids. Uh, what else did I get up to, mate? I've got to jump on a digger today. Actually, you wouldn't believe it. I've got a digger at home, and um, I've got a lot of uh, shingle that's by the by the gate. So I've got to jump on the digger for an hour. Post this. Uh, load the trailer up and start clearing a few things. So I'll take a video of it, man. I'll send it to you to have a laugh because it's going to be an absolute shambles. I might hit a few things. But, uh, yeah, got a few things around the house I've got to do, mate. So it's, it's all good. I'm busy today. Life is busy. Save that for country clueless. Don't use all your material <laughs> in the opening gambit, my friend. Hey, what about... That's a good point you make. It's a good point you make that you don't leave the studio until 10 o'clock. I had a mate who who told his wife that golf takes seven hours. I was like, what a <laughs> genius play. So every time he goes away for a hit, his missus expects he's going to be back seven hours later. So he goes and plays nine holes, and he has five hours at the pub. Absolutely brilliant idea. I was like, I can get on board with that. <laughs> um, yeah, mate, what about yesterday as well? We um, Yesterday was World Pinot Day. So as we left yesterday morning, we sort of talked about the fact that we we're just going to have a little tipple, just do our duty, honour our duty as good custodians of, well, it's not really been a custodian, is it? Just been just a red wine drinker. Anyway, I, I had a red wine. Did you did you sample one last night? Yeah, I did, mate. I did. Uh, look, I think it's going to be uh, Pinot Noir Day every day in these lockdowns for every all the parents out there. So it was a great uh, afternoon. We had a great weather. We had some great weather down here. Actually, it was Bluebird Day. Uh, there was no wind, so we had the house all open and the kids were running around uh, enjoying the sun, having some fun. So yeah, about five o'clock or five thirty. No, it was actually about five o'clock because I had to jump on the drive show last night because um, we had to chat about uh, that time in twenty eleven when it was me. Piriwipu and uh, Stephen Stephen Donald chatting about the 2011 World Cup, uh, and yeah, we're voted number one, which is quite surprising. Uh, but we'll chat about that later. So yeah, we popped a, a red wine at five o'clock. I think we 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 popped open a two paddocks, mate, from uh, Queenstown and oh nice Sam. Uh, that's the that's old Sam, Neil, Sam Neil. Yeah, the old Sam Neil drop, and it's actually really good. I really enjoyed that drop. I haven't had it for a few years. Um, we got uh, we got a little parcel for uh, to 
you know, little parcel when mum passed away from some lovely people, lovely friends of ours, and they sent um, the two paddocks. And so me and Daisy had that last night with a nice Caesar salad that my beautiful wife prepared. So we had a really good night. And then we actually lit the fire and watched the movie, which is quite surprising. So we put those kids down nice and early and sat down on the couch and watched the, watched the movie and sipped on the two paddocks. Mate, what did you go for? Lockdown baby in the dag house, eh? Um, I went for a uh, <laughs> peregrine Pinot Noir, <laughs> a peregrine Pinot Noir, 2018. My friends down there in Queenstown, nice. so Fraser and Charlotte, so they um, they do a great job with peregrine. So I I did that actually. I went out. To, I actually went for a bit of a run. Is crikey, that was a yeah? shock to the system. I took my dog Bowie for a bit of a trot down the road. Well, you know, away from everyone else. Then came back and just I've got a little gym at home, so I just did a couple of little things there, and then went out, fed the horses, had a bit of a spa, a little red wine, cooked a steak, and then the nice. kids were just doing their thing, and oh, it was a glorious night actually. It's a wonderful night. So that was yeah, it was a good start to the lockdown. Do you, Probably mate, anticipate. Do you, oh, and also we, we watched a lot of the. Carry on. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Do do you think back to last uh, lockdown and and I think back for me, I was. You know, I was really motivated working out. Are you going to carry that on? Did you work out last what, lockdown all every day and, and get that motivation to get that body back? Or are you going to keep carrying that on? Or you just just a one-off run, was it? Uh, well, it's a great question. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a, a huge quitter when it comes to exercise. I have best intentions mm. and then I just quit. So it, I'd rather, you know, sort of go the... I'd rather go to the pub and have a beer and have a punt, you know, like that's kind of my gig. Um, but, you know, you can't just, uh, you can't all be snakes. You've got to have a few ladders in there, don't you, in, in the game that is hey, hey, a fluctuating hey, body, hey. body type. You, you had a very, very successful day yesterday, didn't you, on the punt? Oh, yeah, I went okay on the punt yesterday. Yes. Oh, thanks for prompting that one. Thanks for bringing that one up. I may have sent you and Louie a little screenshot of my, of my random punting. So actually yesterday, when we got off the show yesterday, but when we got off the show yesterday, Smitty sent us through um, a message, both you and I, to join this punters club thing that they're doing. So so we joined that. And then, so then that meant that I was kind of across the races yesterday out of Australia. See, we're not racing here in New Zealand, but we'll get onto that topic later. Um, And, and so I sort of went through all the fields and, and then I kind of had a little bit of a sniff at one, um, that uh, James Cummins and Godolphin had, and uh, Craig knew it was riding. It was a horse called Elcione, and I was like, oh, I'll have a little go at this. And and I sort of forgot about it as the day unfolded. And then I, as I was cooking my steak, I noticed that the race was on, and didn't it pay dividends? It paid $26.70 for the win and $4.80 for the place. So that was a nice little... Um, a nice little fill-up, my friend. I think we've and got you, another one for mate, us today you, as well, but I'll save that for later. And you came, you came third in that punting little little setup that Smithy got us in, mate. I I wasn't even on the list, so I came last, I think. So what'd you get for that little little return on the on the third placing? I think I got about one hundred and forty bucks or something for my twenty dollars invested. Yeah. So that's a pretty good, a pretty good uh, day out. First time up, maybe beginner's luck, eh? Beginner's luck on the old, um, on the punting. But I quite enjoyed it, actually. And it's going to have to pass the time. The racing in Australia is, 
certainly one thing. The Warriors over there in Australia, if they're playing the Broncos this weekend, that's going to pass a little bit of time, as is maybe the English Premier League. There's a few things with no sport going on in New Zealand over the next little while mm. that we can sort of get our, sink our teeth into. But mate, one thing that really um, kind of stood out for me yesterday, bro, was the All Blacks Perth trip. Surely there is yep. no chance that they are going to Perth with the 14-day lockdown proposed by the WA government. I can't see it happening, Baz. I, I just can't see them travelling to Perth. It's a bit one, because Perth is so isolated that they've actually uh, haven't had any COVID cases for a very long time, and, and they don't want to run the risk of it. Um, you know, if they're over in Western Australia, they've, it's quite funny how you see Sydney and you see Canberra, and then you see Victoria and Melbourne, they're all locked down, going through all this, you know, COVID cases everywhere, the Delta variant's running rampant, and then you look over at the Western Australia, and they've just locked their borders down, and it's not even, like, existing over there, you know, there's no COVID happening there, so I just can't see it happening. Um, I'd I, I like to under, get a bit more of an understanding, uh, I, I know NZR probably haven't sent out any information, but look, the reality is these boys are meant to go to Auckland on Saturday, do a camp Saturday, Sunday, travel out Monday, I think it is, to, to Western Australia. I just can't see that happening, mate. We're, we're in lockdown in New Zealand, and uh, you know what precedent does that set if, if the All Blacks get priority to, to be able to travel for one? So look, reality is I don't see them going at all. Uh, and the future, what does that hold? Wow, there's just so much uncertainty at the moment. Um, yeah, rugby and, and sport in general in New Zealand is, a, is, a, is in a pretty tough time, mate. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few days and, and chat to the lads and see if they've heard anything. Yeah, well, exactly, and maybe that is the key. They're, they're going to have nothing to do, so maybe they can get up early and come on, Baz and Izzy for breakfast and just, you know, like shoot you the breeze with a couple of, couple of lads... <laughs> and just sell the dream to the whole of the country, the all, the ABs boys. So you got nothing to do, no chance of going on the road, so come and talk to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That'll be the key. <laughs> um, mate, a couple of other things as well before we get off and get off to uh, for a little for a little spell. Mate, what about this um I know we're not really current affairs, but we should just touch on it, shouldn't we? Because you know, the COVID situation in New Zealand is just rapidly expanding, isn't it? Yesterday when we started, we only had one case. And now what, we're up to about 10. It's it's starting to get pretty pretty, pretty dire, isn't it, in a short space of time. Mm. Crikey, man. It's sort of, it's quite concerning, don't you think? Baz, do you reckon, look, let's put ourselves in, in this guy's shoes or this person's shoes. Do you reckon he's being completely honest about where he's gone? <laughs> no, like, like, let's uh, put absolutely like, he's, not he's obviously gone to all these clubs <laughs> and then the next day he's going to confess his sins at church like come on mate like in between <laughs> in between 11 o'clock at night and 6am there is 7 hours there and, and post club there's only one club that's open mate is he going to be completely <laughs> honest and tell us and, and imagine everyone that, is at, that has been to these spots, mate. They're like, please, please, please don't get the QR codes out. They're going to start getting the cameras out. They're going to get the cameras out, and they're going to start interrogating. And everyone was there. Imagine all the husbands at home that will be stressing out right now, seeing, seeing all these places of interest. <laughs> Spoken like a man that may even have been in Auckland during that time. Is. I wasn't there. I promise you, I wasn't there. <laughs> 
Oh, get the QR codes out on Izzy Dag as well. It's coming, it's coming up. What is it? 16 minutes past six in the morning. You're listening to Bads and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 21 minutes past six o'clock on day two of lockdown on Bears and Izzy for breakfast, and we are definitely holding an end up. 0800 150 811. Come join the show, be part of it. We're going to need you. We're going to need you hear from you guys throughout the morning, throughout the week, if we're going to collectively get through it. How was um, Izzy? How, how was it with the kids yesterday? I know you were a little bit before we left yesterday's show. You were a little bit. I mean. Not nervous, but you did mention that you were going to spend some time in your sleep out there. Um, look, it was actually a good day, to be honest. Like, the weather was, it's always good when the weather's good because, um, you know, the kids can get out, they can play outside. It's when it's raining and it's cold outside and they're stuck inside all day and they actually go a bit, they go a bit funny, uh, you know, being stuck inside all day and and when it, when it's time for bed, they haven't actually burnt themselves out so they, they stick, stay up all night and fight the sleep time, so... Look, yesterday was a great day. Tilly was helping me collect the firewood, um, yeah, helping me around the house, just doing a few jobs. Um, Arlo was just out playing in the dirt, getting mud, coming inside, eating food. Look, look the kids were just eating food all day, and, and I actually found myself, mate. I don't know if you're the same, Bez. Do, do you, when you're at home all day, do you just find it when the kids eat, or when the when you had when your kids were younger, when they eat, do you find yourself having a little snack as well? You know, just having a little. Oh, there's a little half a cheerio. I might just chew that on that. Oh, there's a little half a chicken nugget. I might just chuck that down my golf. How too. good like, are Cheerios? The blowout is real. <laughs> How good are Cheerios, though? Like, I don't know about you, but I like the, this is no good for the old health commission or whatever they're called, but like a piece of white bread, heavily buttered, put two Cheerios mm. in there, bit of tomato sauce on the plate and just dip it into the plate, you know? Oh, just Gold. See, that's one of the the true blessings of young kids around your family, that it's so acceptable to be able to just yeah. nibble away on some Cheerios daily, you know, and those little yeah. those little pizza things and the hot chips and and we're gonna have some do gooders come back and say, oh, you need to feed your kids carrots and celery and all that. They get that <laughs> too, but they just happen yeah. to be yeah. able to find a little bit of affection for these foods as well, and and so does Baz and so does Izzy, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so Louis, yeah, I had a great day, mate. I had a great day with the kids. Today will be different. Uh, we'll, 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 you know, I might bring a different attitude tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we've got a good text here. Is morning, boys. Ironman 70.3 half Ironman distance. World Championships were due to be held in Taupo November 2022 after already being rescheduled from its original November 2020 date. That's had the plug, the plug pulled again due to travel restrictions. Maybe 2024 at the earliest. It's a big kick in the guts for Taupo and the New Zealand triathlon community, and that's from Brett. So thank you, Brett, for sending mm. us that that message and, and uh, anyone else out there as well. 8833 is the text number, remember. And if you want to give us a call to 0800 150 811 is our Kennard's Hire phone line. Just in regards to this message from Brett and the triathlon um, situation, also like you think of the sailing GP as well. Is like there's so many, so mm. many events out there which are just gonna, uh, just to try and navigate these waters for these, um, these kinds of uh, events is almost impossible, right? Like, I mean, how do you plan something with any certainty? <sighs> All these things cost so much money as well. 
to try and get off the ground. Yeah, it just look, must be an absolute nightmare for the administrators. It's 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 a tough situation. For, you know, you just can't plan too far ahead because look what's happened, you know, with the Delta variant. Look, we, we probably expected it, and the government's already said that they expected, to, expected it to get in, but... Look, it's, it's a tough um, kind of world that we're living in at the moment. And pro- I'd love to actually chat to a promoter. I saw Carl Budge on, um, on the news the other day chatting about the sale GP and potentially bringing it to Littleton and the ramifications of the lockdown and the quarantine, the guys having to do two weeks in MIQ. It just wasn't working. So, look, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And the, and the Taupo community, Taupo community probably... You know, this is probably only one of the many events that's had to be cancelled around the world. We're still, you know, we're going to chat about, we've chatted about the New Zealand Golf Open next year in February. What an amazing event that is. The likelihood of that going ahead is pretty uncertain with, you know, our major players come from China, Australia. At the moment, they're not going to get in. Um, Farah Palmer Cup, the NPC has been cancelled. Look, it's just a tough, tough world that we're living in. Um, so we just got to, for us, we're going to try and bring some shining light to it and, and try and see the see the bright side of this. Yeah, we do. I just want to pick up on something you mentioned that you said the Delta variant um, was always likely to come in. Oh, and, and if we look mm. at some of these cases, so one of the cases which has come out is, is that it was an airline employee. So I remember last week I mentioned to you on this show that I went into a cafe here and I and I saw someone. They said to me, oh, it must be difficult for you not being able to travel for work. Mm. And I said, well, you work mm. for an airline as well. It must be difficult for you not to be able to travel to work for work as well. And he said to me, no, no, I got back. We're still allowed to travel. I got back from L.A. yesterday. And I went, what do you mean? So you're here today. But you got out of you only got back yeah. yesterday. He said, "Yeah, I've got double vaccination, but you can still carry the the um, the virus if you've double vaccinated." So, so it's no wonder that like we say we expected the Delta variant to come in, but it's no wonder mm. it came in if we're so loose. Like, what are the rules around the airline people that are allowed to come in? And don't get me wrong, they've got a job to do, and it's very difficult. And I, I'm not trying to hang anything on them at all, but with the amount of harsh rules we have in and around our athletes mm. and people coming back into our country, for us to have exposed ourselves to such a, a variant like that with some flippant kind of rules just doesn't quite seem that right to me. So a little bit of a... Yeah, no, really I think you're right because I think there is, a lot of, there is a lot of things that, uh, you know, us as, as Kiwis, you know, the general public probably don't actually know. And I don't know. Look, I don't know the the rules around what the air, air, uh, the flight attendants have to do. Do they have to MIQ when they get back? Are they double vaccinated? Because they're going to countries that pretty much just, oh, well, it's free game. Let's just run the gauntlet and see what happens. So, look, I don't, I don't know the the, uh, the answer to that. If anyone out there does know the answers about what goes on with, with the flight attendants, give us a text on double eight double three. because... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's obviously a touchy subject at the moment. We don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but we don't know. I don't know what's happening out in there. And I just thought we were the safest country in the world. We're a world leading with how strict we are on MIQ. And then all of a sudden this Delta variant gets in the country, which is quite funny and I smell something fishy here, Bez. Mm. Yeah, well, and speaking of MIQ, I spent the best part of about three hours yesterday trying to book an MIQ voucher as well. Isn't that... Is if you want to cook your brain, go on the MIQ website and give yourself a couple of <laughs> hours of staring at crosses. 
That is just an you're absolute not... shambles, mate. Mate, you're not leaving me. Don't be silly. Stay here, <laughs> mate. What do you want to leave for? You're... What do you want to leave for? This, we've got everything we need right here, my friend. We do, but what we don't have, my friend, is we don't have the rupee, the Indian rupee. <laughs> we need the Indian rupee <laughs> to be able to afford this wonderful lifestyle, which I like to live. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, you ain't going yeah, to get so rupee. You're going to get US dollar, mate. Don't lie. <laughs> uh, it's all the same, isn't it? It all in ends up in the same with place. Stephen Fleming. It all ends up in Paul Mawadi's pocket. This is Baton Izzy for breakfast <laughs> on SENZ and it's coming up 6.30, which means we're off to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. And you can get in touch with us on double eight double three. And when you do that, you could be our text of the month. And if you're the text of the month while you're sleeping in a $10,000 temper queen-size bed, which would make lockdown... Very bearable, or more bearable, I should say. It's time for our Love Racing.NZ Thoroughbred update, lads. They are New Zealand Racing's biggest fan, and right now we will need them. I've just thrown a few feelers out there this morning to a, a few of New Zealand's, or some of New Zealand's leading trainers. I just wanted to kind of get the vibes of how they're feeling down country there in Matamata and Cambridge and see what the positivity or the realism scale is. The overwhelming consensus is we won't be racing this weekend, or they would be extremely surprised if they if they would um, would need to go to level three. And I think there's a probably a decent feeling that the country's not ready for that yet. So that's with us. That's where they sit. They can train their horses, so keeping horses fit isn't necessarily an issue. But where the problem comes is what are they going to do in the coming week to mean that we can race if we don't get out of level four? This is one line that I've heard back from a, a really top-line trainer. We will lose so many to Oz, it won't be funny. And he is talking about horses. And that is extremely concerning as we are on the eve of our spring carnival where we should be sending our top-line horses to the Foxbridge Plate, then down to the Tarzino Trophy for the Hawks Bay Triple Crown. And I think he's right. If that we can't get racing in the next week or so, the fort, let's say the fortnight, what what option are the trainers going to have? It's an extremely delicate position for Bernard Saundry and New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing to be in. And, and of course, harness racing and greyhound racing too. But as we head into our Group 1 season for the Thoroughbreds, there is a lot of just concern from the top trainers from the whole industry. They employ so many people what's going to happen to this whole industry industry right on the eve of the carnivals. It's concerning. It's worrying. Bernard Saundry is up after 7 o'clock on this show, and I guess we'll ask him, how delicate is it and what can you do? And I'm not saying it's an easy choice. I'm not saying it's easy to work through. The government, you know, and New Zealand Therapy Racing and the whole racing industry need to work together on this, but one thing's for sure, a solution needs to be found if we want to keep people employed and keep horses racing in New Zealand. It's a a very, very, I don't think it can be overstated how delicate the situation is for the whole industry in New Zealand. So um, we'll watch that one. And cherry in news, Baz, you're punting yesterday. Congratulations, mate. I heard you talking about your tipping competition and then your 30 to one shot in the last at Sandown. Well done. That's just outstanding. Well, if I keep punting thirty-one shots, I won't need to worry about an MIQ voucher. We'll just uh, we'll just stick to that lifestyle. But mate, I'm going to pick up on that point as well. The overriding point for racing in 
this country what, during this uh, situation is we need racing to continue. We have to have racing con continue, especially at this time of year. There's so many of our horses. There's such a big industry. It's a billion dollar. It's over a billion dollar industry. There's so many people that rely on it, and not just in, because of the horses, but because of those who are invested in the industry as well. The, from from stud owners to insurance companies to transporters to um, all, all the staff who are in clean mucking out boxes and and washing down horses. It's just such a big industry with families which are attached to it as well. I understand that level four is difficult, but look, if we put a big ring around where the issue is and allow the rest of the country to be able to operate, maybe down at level three, then we can continue to race these horses and then the industry can sustain um, this period just as Australia have done. I'm interested to ask Bernard Saundry a little bit later on about how they are going to get racing back up and running because you're spot on, Louis. If we don't, then the best horses in our country will go to Australia, and that's a game which will have long-term ramifications for the industry and, and for all those involved in it. So that needs sorted out, and let's hope we have the right people in the right places to be able to put enough pressure on those who are making the top-end decisions. Gee, that's serious for 6.36 in the morning. What's, <laughs> what's even more serious is... When the is master, the quiz master starts to Whoa. run his little gambit in the next in the next little period, it's coming up, is isn't it? It is coming up. It's it's coming up. And if you think you got a chance, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm on today, and I've got an absolute doozy for you. I'm going to start doing with ten press ups and get me motivated to bring out an absolute doozy quiz. <laughs> Let's go. That's that's right. It's. Coming up next, it is time for Quizzy Dag. Take on the Is Master and you can win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB, which hopefully you can punt on New Zealand horses. Call now, 0800 150 811. <laughs> this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> yeah, 811. How good. <laughs> Bringing the vibes on a lockdown Tuesday, Thursday, sorry. <laughs> All right, you know the you know the rules. You know the rules. Five questions, and who doesn't need a fifty dollar voucher during lockdown? And you might be like Baz and Ashley, absolutely cashing, and Paul Moati will love you. Craig, good morning, Craig. Morning. Good morning, mate. You know the rules. Five time, five questions, five right. You win the fifty dollars. Question number one: Which all-time great Australian racehorse has a Group One race? Run her name this weekend. Uh, Winks. Yep, beautiful. Good work, mate. Question number two. What does para in Paralympics stand for? Para. Oh, oh. I was going to say paralyzed. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, Batman. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Craig. Have a good day, mate. Richie. 
Good morning, Richie. How is he? Richie. How are you, mate? Hello. Question number two. Good morning, mate. Question number two, brother. What does para and Paralympics stand for? No idea. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a guess. Nah, I can't. Da -da! Sorry, mate. Sorry, man. 0800-150-811. If you think you know what it is, what does para and Paralympics stand for? That's question number two. Give us a call because... Wow, you need 50 bucks. It's lockdown. You know, you need, a, you need to gamble responsibly, but you need to have a little punt too. So, look, it's easy. What does para I've got a tip as and well. Paralympics stand for? Bears, have a stab in the dark. No, don't answer it. I've got, got, yeah, got a tip don't for them as well. If you do get the old $50 bonus bet, I've got a little tip to give out. So, I won't Peter. say it now. I just, yep. Okay. Yep, I do. And. All right, all right. We got Damien. We got Damien. Morning, Damien. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, good, Damien. Thanks for calling in, mate. What does para and Paralympics stand for? I'm going to guess paralysed. Paralysed. No. Sorry, mate. That's already been. Apologies. Oh, bugger. All good. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's all right, mate, Damien. Have a great day. Bye. Take care. Ah. There we go. 0800 150 It's a tough quiz. I told you, it's a doozy. It's an absolute doozy. It's tough. And, um, yeah, that's just the way it goes. And, yeah, obviously people are sleeping in and not listening to us, Baz. But that's okay. We, 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 can, we can take that on the chin. It's not, you know, we, we handle that. I think they're scared, mate. I think they're just a bit scared, scared of the quiz master. They don't want You've this. Been so we at, we the last at Jordan. We quizzes. at Brenton. We at Brenton, Jordan, you know, some of the faces. What's going on? You're sleeping in now, eh? No Snoozing. Work? Oh, well, I'd rather sleep in. <laughs> eh? yeah, Obviously, right. on, maybe, maybe they're on the subsidy. Eh? Maybe they're on the subsidy and they're just, oh, they're just rubbing their hands together yeah. saying, I don't need to get up early. I'm just going to snooze. Don't need us. He's 50 bucks. <laughs> don't need my 50. <laughs> Got Uncle Grunters. Got Uncle Grunters. Don't need that. <laughs> Just take it, mate. Just take it. Put it in your pocket. That's all right. I've got it. That's in my pocket. Thank you, team. Well done. Quizzy Dag <laughs> is the winner today. Oh, we got one. Chris is coming late. Chris, last one, mate. You're the last one. If you don't win, Chris, good morning. Hello? Chris. Chris, how are you? It's Tim. Chris. Oh, Tim. Tim. Oh. How are you, Timmy? What hey, good is he? It's, uh, it's, it's Tim, Tim the teacher here, mate. Oh, oh Tim, the, Tim teacher, the teacher, mate. Game, You're mate. an absolute champion. How are you? Hey, good, mate. Good, mate. Hey, um, I I haven't even Googled this, but I think I heard it the other day. I think it's, is it Parallel? That is, mate. That is. Well done. Nice. Well done. Good Google. No, you're, you're a man of knowledge. Oh, honestly, mate, I, did, I heard it the other day because it runs parallel to the Olympics. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, which club is Sean Johnson joining the Warriors from next year? Oh, man, a rugby league question. No. Yeah. Um, Five, four, three. Uh, Gold Coast two. Titans. Mm. Timmy, Timmy the teacher. 
That's okay, mate. Thanks for your support. I hope your daughter had a lovely birthday too. Cheers, bud. Steve. Steve, Steve. Morning. How are you, mate? Good morning, mate. I'm good. I'm good. You Thanks for calling, Steve. Which club? Paraphilic. Isn't Paraphilic Olympics? No, it's Paralympics. No, no, we're, 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 you're up to number three now. Someone's already answered number two. Which club is Sean Johnson joining the Warriors from next year? Sharks. Yep. Well done. Which Premier League side took down the current champions, Manchester City, on match day one? Uh, Liverpool. No. <sighs> no, 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 no. Look, we're... we're uh... Man, this is too hard. We've run out I'm of the music. Izzy, the music's run out. That's how long we've got. <laughs> Mate, the news is going to happen forever. soon. Dave, Dave, good morning. morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. $50. People want this 50 bucks now. Which Premier League side took down the current champions, Manchester City, on match day one? Tottenham. Well done. Oh, I'll give you that. Which two teams are the Black Ferns due to play on their northern tour? Which two teams? Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> England and Wales? Oh, no. <laughs> no, man. No, man. It's game over. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Simon, Simon, last question. Which two teams are the Black Ferns due to play on their northern tour? I'm uh, pretty sure England and France. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Simon, is that you? Is this your sixth time you've won it? Oh, I don't know about six. <laughs> Three or four, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, this quiz is all about timing, Baz. There you go. Absolute doozy. I told you. The people, hey, not complaining now. Too easy, is he? It's too easy. Can't even get it right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, we're running out of time there as well. The show was going to end and the quiz was still going. Right here, it's 6.50 in the morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Four minutes away from Trudy with the news on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And during lockdown, well, we're going to have to get creative if we want to stay sane. And we thought, why don't, do, why don't we do a lockdown list a day? Baz and Izzy's lockdown lists... We need your help. Double eight, double three, and then the phone line, of course, 0800 150 811. What sort of list are we compiling today, Baz? Yep, we are compiling the best lockdown list of TV shows, Louis. That's what we're going to do. And maybe not net, well, Netflix, depends which way you're inclined. Amazon Prime, Netflix, whatever it is. And now I've got a couple to start us, Izzy. You might have another couple, mm. and then we're going to ask. Everyone else out there, what your best ones are. So give us a text on double eight double three best lockdown um, movies or TV shows to watch. So I've got Peaky Blinders is up there for me. Yeah. Queen of the South is what I'm currently watching as well. Blacklist. Um, Billions, which is more kind to your lifestyle than it is mine, that's for sure. Um, and then uh, The Last Dance, which is a Michael Jordan documentary. Um, and then... There's, there's this one with this Phil Tufnell guy and, and this other fellow who I think he used to be cricketing. <laughs> it's called This Could Go Anywhere. And that is hilarious. It's taken Netflix by storm in the UK. It's by storm. Oh, 
<laughs> I've seen some guys trying to get some royalties out of Netflix in my time, but mate, that's right up there. I've actually, you know, Baz, I've never watched it, and I'm I'm gonna have to watch it. What is the name of that show, please? Again, this could go anywhere, and it literally this could does go anywhere. Okay, okay, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna come back to you later in the week, and or later in the week it's Friday tomorrow. I won't watch it tonight, but anyway, I'll watch it next week, and I'll come back to you all over the weekend. And I'll, I'll give you some insights into what I think, because I've heard it's an absolute gem. But um, some shows I watch, I watch Homeland. That's a pretty pretty good one. I've watched Homeland. I've watched uh, two two seasons of Vikings. I need to get back into it. Uh, Designator Survivor, that's a good one. That's we a real like good one. one about the yeah the president of America and things going on there. Love Narcos. That's unbelievable. I could watch that probably three or four times. Uh, what else have I watched? Uh, Blacklist, same as you. Haven't watched The Queen of the South. The, wife, the wife's watched it, and she said that's a must-watch for me. I just haven't really gone into it. Um, so if anyone's got any suggestions or ideas of what we should do or what we should watch, give us a text on double eight double three. And also, please, if there's someone out there that's like Joe, the buttons man behind the scenes, that's got no kids, can you let us know what it's like when you got no kids in lockdown, please? Um, I just want to know what, what 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 do you do on a daily, you know, what time you get up, uh, how you fill your time in, and uh, just just let us know, please. Double eight, double three, or give us a call on 0800 because tell you what, that must have been an absolute dream, Bezza. Yeah, I'd imagine it's a different lifestyle to the one we're living in lockdown, that's for sure, but I'd, I'd also imagine that Joe's current flatmate situation could be very symbolic of some of the other Netflix shows which are available at the moment. We won't go into them, though. He does have an interesting sort of flatmate situation running, does our man Joe, who is a stand-up comedian, and we're going to get back on at some point to entertain us all, as he did last time when he dropped the bomb that he doesn't have any (laughs) jokes anymore because he's already lost his virginity. And all of his jokes were surrounded (laughs) by that content. That's Joe, and behind the glass, the man behind the glass. Oh, jeepers, we're heading into some dangerous territory. We're coming up to 7 o'clock in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Well, McCafe, we would be normally craving one about now. Hopefully that will be soon. Speaking of now, it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kia ora and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ on Thursday the 19th of August and we're just after 7am in the morning. We've been asking what's your favourite Netflix shows in lockdown. We've given you a few. Peaky Blinders, Queen of the South, Homeland, Billions, <laughs> Izzy's Lifestyle, Billions, <laughs> couple from Joe behind <laughs> the glass, The Last Dance, this could go anywhere and a couple of others as well along the road. Designated Survivor, that's a good one, I reckon, is. You've done well there. Mm. We've got coming up very shortly is Bernard Saundry from the NZTR. He is the CEO there. We have later on Kendra Coxedge from the Black Ferns. And then we have Ian Healy to give us a little insight into what is going on with the Australian cricketing setup and, in particular, the coach, Justin Langer. But for now, should we just should we go on a little bit about the, about the um, Netflix shows, mate, or the TV shows? So what yeah, what is it that 100%. So when you when you guys watch it do you do you like binge or do you just sort of watch one episode jump out of it watch one 
jump out of it? How Look, does it? How do you guys? Do? I'll be honest. I used to binge um, with with the wife, but after we put the kids to bed, we'll jump in bed and we'll probably watch about three or four episodes before bedtime. <coughs> Sorry, pardon me. And um, yeah, so we'll watch three or four episodes and then we, you know, get to about eleven o'clock and then switch it off, go to bed. You know, kids usually wake up around seven a.m. Get up, there's you know, good eight hours sleep. But at the moment, probably only watching one episode at night. Uh, max, even now, like I get in bed at seven thirty, quarter to eight, and as soon as we start watching, I'm halfway through and I just start falling asleep. You know, I mean, <laughs> just these early mornings are rocking, Daggy. But I, I'd say this weekend <laughs> I'll probably get into a few. Um, I watched a movie last night. It was a new one on Apple TV by uh, Jason Statham's in it, and it's about him working for a uh, money uh, security company, and they're moving money in this from the banks back to the to the place where they hold the money and all the thing. It's quite good. It was a good watch and I uh, really enjoyed it. So, look, I'm not watching too many, Matty. You, what about yourself? Um, well, actually, well, we were watching Queen of the South um, and we sort of, mm. a little bit similar to you, drop in, drop out. Um, when, I'm on, when I was on tour, I'd just smash out sort of six, seven episodes at a time, but it's a bit different when you've got a few obligations around here, but I tell you the other thing. What we're watching at the moment is um, Head High, which is on TV. Have you have you watched oh. Head High at all? No, I haven't watched it about that. It's a, so it's a rugby. It's a New Zealand um, TV show, and it's about um, yeah. This why there's one family. It's quite a sort of multi, it's kind of or diverse type family, and they go to two different schools. The kids and the dad is the coach yep. of one of them, and the mum's a local um, police officer as well. And, yeah, it's quite fascinating. It's a rugby kind of um, rugby related, um, but it's more about life in, in New Zealand and, and the cultures involved in the sport. So it's quite interesting anyway. But yeah, but anyway, we can carry that on a little bit later. But for, it's now our, it's now time for us to welcome here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast our first guest of the morning and someone who's got a lot on his plate right at the moment with the racing industry, like so many, is hanging off every piece of information during this current lockdown and the hope that level three can come around soon so we can all see the return of the races. Uh, Bernard Saundry is the CEO of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. He's on the line now. Good morning, Bernard. Good morning, Baz. Good morning, Izzy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's good to get you on, mate. Jeepers, it must be, a, it must be a, uh, a moving beast for you right now trying to navigate the way through this situation under level four. Yeah, Baz, it is. It's a... Uh... It's it's it's, an, it's a time where we've got to be agile, and um, with the support of all our participants and our clubs and our sector groups, we've been able to. Uh, yeah, we've got a plan. Once we come out of uh, level four, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later, uh, we, we're planning to hold race meetings at Cambridge and New Plymouth on Saturday, and Rotorua on Sunday. We've planned twelve races at Cambridge, seven at, at the Taranaki meeting, and a ten race program scheduled for Rotorua on the Sunday. Now, these are all plans that are dependent upon um, us coming out of alert level four on um, in order for us to race. So what, what just on that then, so we obviously can't operate under alert level four. I guess the question the question on a lot of people's race or a lot of racing people's minds is we, we look across the Tasman and we see Australia operating under with the same virus um, at their doorstep and they were able to operate and continue to keep their industry going. Why is it that we can't do so at level four here in New Zealand. We've got a very strict guideline under level level four. Baz, it's a good question for listeners. Uh, 
I suppose the difference between Australia and us is in Australia they've got shops open where people can walk down and grab a coffee and the contract construction industry is working, AFL footy's on, NRL footy's on. In New Zealand, the only thing we can do is go to a supermarket and it's essential, um, the chemist, be tested or be vaccinated. And that's outside of that, uh, they are different restrictions. If I was to if I was to get an align through what are Australia doing and what would uh, what restrictions we have, it's very similar to level three here to what Australia has got in terms of restrictions um, in each of the states. So, you know, the sooner we can come out of uh, alert level four, the better. We have we have made representation of the government, and that's an ongoing discussion. But um, we're in we're in complete lockdown in New Zealand. So just pick up on that point as well, mate. So so you, we have made representation to the government um, just around the level four, dropping down to level three. Uh, do we have enough um, strength in this area to, to lobby for racing to carry on? Do we have enough strength for, for us to push our case that, that, um, that we, you know, level three should be um, instigated around the rest of the, the country? Yeah, well, we're definitely, we're definitely training. Definitely, we're in full training in racing under level three. We've got a approval to do that, so that's not an issue. It's a, it's about level four, and uh, the restrictions are placed on really all of New Zealand that stop us from, um, that stop us from racing. Hey Bernard, here, mate. I just want to ask you a question. Oh, sorry, sorry for interrupting, mate. You go, on, mate. you carry on. No, I, I just. We have uh, we, we we talk to government on a regular basis. We've got a very supportive deputy prime minister, who's our minister for racing and minister for sport. Um, and the three codes of racing through Racing New Zealand are are engaged at that level on a regular basis. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. Actually, Winston Peters was a huge advocate for the TAB racing and the government. Do you feel like this government is taking racing seriously, and they are they hearing your demands and your needs at the moment? Yeah, I, I think it's fair. Um, Winston, uh, we made representations to Winston when we were in lockdown um, last time. So it's not it's um, it's a government guideline, government protocol that we have to follow. You know, we'd love to be racing under alert level four, but at the end of the day, uh, the government sets the guidelines and we've got to follow them. And um, if we all do the right thing, uh, we'll come out of this quicker than um, uh, we'd like to come out of it quicker than when we are today. So we've still got horses being We're worked for to... animal, animal welfare purposes right across the country. Uh, and that's got to be done safely and under COVID protocols. Uh, and we have a plan that is a rolling plan uh, as soon as we come out of alert level four, down to alert level three to race. And, don't get me wrong, I'll be the first person that'll be, uh, you know, a happy man once we get back racing. Mm. Talking to Bernard Saundry, the NZTR CEO. Um, I guess uh, the overriding point being that we need racing to continue, right? We've got some of uh, coming up to spring. This is where the the best horse flesh in our country is is starting to hit the tracks, and things are all their plans are mapped out over a long period of time to try and. Um, get out there. Is there a is there a concern that if we don't get racing up and running, and say we do stay in level four for a long period of time, um, then then the impacts on the New Zealand industry, the racing industry, um, we could see all of our best horses or majority of our best horses head to Australia, which would just be dire situation for our industry moving forward, right? 
Yeah, correct, correct. So just to, to, to be clear, we have made another approach to the government um, three days ago, again, uh, and that, that's not the first. That's, we've had multiple approaches over the last 12 months. So uh, it's a matter of, yes, I hope we're not in level four for a longer period of time, but while we're in it, uh, we are restricted. Um, so uh, we believe we can run racing under alert level four. That's um, that's safe, uh, and that's what we're making. That's that's the continual push to government to try and do that. Okay, well, I guess I guess we're we are sitting and we're waiting until we get a little bit of a steer from the government in regards to whether we drop drop down a level. But in the meantime, we we all sort of sit back and we we hope and we pray and. And we try and look across the Tasman and what's happening over there, and and uh, and try and find something to have a little bit of a punt on. But what about the the people in the industry, mate? You must be, you're obviously pushing um, up towards the government to get information, but you're having to navigate a lot of conversations to the stud masters and the trainers and the and the owners and breeders, etc., in and around the industry too, and the uncertainty with it. Oh, absolutely, does. We've got issues around. Um, you know, getting people to work with the stud seasons upon us, that's a that's an issue and uh, we're trying to get with working with government to get some places to bring people into the country, uh, particularly seasonal workers that uh, are required to work on the stud farms. Uh, we are working with our clubs and our uh, and our sector groups to keep them informed. So, you know, there are as as you appreciate in racing and like any sport, everyone's got a view and uh my focus at the moment and so with the team is to make sure we're back racing as soon as possible. All right, well, thank you, mate. For uh, Thanks for clearing a few of those things up for us and we all hope and we pray that we can get back to level three soon and we can get our horses out on the track because we thanks, definitely Bernard. have some of the best equine flesh in, in the world and now's a, a big time. So thanks for joining us, Bernard. Good on you, Basley. I'm, I'm with you, mate. Soon we need some more information. We'll be... Uh, Back in touch. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, good man. Awesome. Thank you, mate. Awesome. Yeah, he's in such a difficult position, to be honest. Is like, yeah, he's yeah. There's everyone in the industry is is funneling the information through to to Bernard Saundry, and and he's then having to try and push the case upwards towards the government. And and I guess uh, the key will be is uh, he he did mention there that Grant Robinson is. Is um, who is obviously the sports. So he's deputy prime minister, but he's also sport and racing minister as well. So and he said that he is very supportive of the cause and very supportive of the situation that the racing industry finds itself in. So that is a mm. a positive. But gee, mate, if we carry on, like I understand level four, and this is not just the racing industry; yeah. it's across many different areas in New Zealand. But if we stay at level four across the entire country then there is some huge ramifications for so many different people. And look, it's a virus clearly we don't know, you and I don't know a lot about, and Mm. we're not educated to be able to make calls. But the upshot is that if if we stay at level four for a long time, there's going to be a lot of hurt across a lot of different industries and none more so than, well, well, not none as as big as what, um, well, the racing industry is as big as, as most of those industries. I could just hear it in his voice, you know. He he's he's trying his his hardest, and he is, you know. I just hope the the communication levels between him and the government are are, are, are positive, and they're actually talking constantly. Because, like you said, this is a huge industry, and 
and we need racing in New Zealand. And it's tough, you know, like we always try and compare ourselves to Australia, but Australia, mate, that, like the situation over there is so dire at the moment with the Delta variant, so we can't get into that situation. But we are a lot more prepared for this, I feel, and if there is a strong contingencies in place, <clears throat> sorry, that he's already spoke about, then I, I feel like if he's got a good plan in place, then I don't see any problem with it going ahead, mate. So, look, hopefully we get some good traction in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, look, he's a, he's a good man and a good operator, Bernard Saundry, and he's also calm under pressure and, and when there is a crisis upon. So, New Zealand TR has the right man at the helm, but, gee, I don't envy the job that he has because there is that many people involved in the game and some big hitters as well when you think of business people and influential people in and around our country here in New Zealand and they are all be pleading their case to Bernard Saundry to plead our case to the government to get things up and running but I guess the upshot is we need racing to continue otherwise what's stopping our big barns going you know what I'm going to get on that plane three hours away and I'm going to have a crack at what is already lucrative prize money and know that our horses can measure up against the horses in Australia and once they go, I tell you what, mate, they ain't coming back. So we need to do what we can to get a hold of them now and to be able to get things to to continue. Bear, sorry, uh, I should have... Man, I've you probably know this. How, how, at the moment, with the current situation, how easy is it for us to send horses to Australia? You know, is it is it just a case of chucking them on the plane and, and heading over? We're in lockdown. So could that happen if we are still in lockdown? Well, they are still running, yeah. I'm pretty sure the planes are running. Louis, you might know a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, it's, there are bookings. I think what would where it's a good question is, you know, I think where there'd be trouble is if everyone tried to go at once. Um, that yep. all, all of the bookings would really run thin. And as I said earlier, there's a real possibility that they all kind of, there's no racing in a fortnight. They're all going to want to go. But at the moment with COVID, you can travel and they have, I think IRT is flying. New Zealand Bloodstock also do, uh, uh, they do flights, don't they, Baz? So there's different ways. Yeah, to, I use them for all of my flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. So there's, there's definitely ways to get over, but it's just if everyone goes at once. Great point about Winston Peters yep. as well. You have to wonder, that would it be different if he was still there? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's food for thought, isn't it? Anyway, that uh, punchy interview. Thank you to Bernard Saundry, NZTR CEO, for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's coming up 19 minutes after seven, and it's big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's 24 minutes past seven on lockdown, day number two. Double eight, double three is the text number. When you text, you could be our text of the month and you could be sleeping pretty on a temper bed valued at $10,000. And we want to hear from you today. And we do have some texts there, don't we, Baz? Yeah, we do. And we have heard a few things from you guys around the shows that you like to watch. Just watch season one of One Lane Bridge. One Lane Bridge on TVNZ, a good New Zealand drama about police investigation of a murder. Season 2 has just started. QPR Phil. I've started watching that. Both Liz and I have been sitting down watching that at night times as well. It's very good. It's a little bit sci-fi, which is not really my wheelhouse, but the rest of it sort of is, is quite compelling viewing. So get into that. One Lane Bridge. It's got a lot of good New Zealand actors, which you'll recognise if you're across New Zealand uh, shows. From Mark on Twitter, The Sopranos, The Wire, Justified, The Shield, Banshee, Honourable Mention, Succession. Oh, that's from you. 
Who's that? Louis? It says Louis Herman Watt. Why have you put from Mark, Louis? Because it's here? come from Twitter, and I've cop sent, I've sent it in a text, so it comes up in your system, making it nice and easy. But that's why I said oh, you from Mark. Give me a heads up. I've just I've just completely <laughs> disgraced myself reading that out. Hey, well, he's, what a stitch up he's there! He's filling is. our egos up, mate. He's filling our egos it's up. From Twitter. It look like we got good <laughs> come on, boys. It's it's legitimate. Mark is a real person. <laughs> Yeah, but then I went down the bottom to read out whose name it was. It says Louis Herman Watt. So, so wow, well, where are you texting the show now as well? That's awesome. <laughs> Multitasking. Australian comedy drama. Mr. In-Between 30-minute episodes. Good view, and that's from Craig. But that's, I haven't watched that, so I'll have to watch that one, Craig. But I think back, look, this is when, I, when we, used, we didn't have kids. Before we had kids, how good was it, jumping in bed, and watching Crime Investigation Channel, and watching The First 48. I don't know if anyone out there has seen The First 48 on Crime Investigation, but that is an absolute watch. It's, they've got 48 hours to solve these murders, and it's so good. But it's probably not a good thing to watch before bed, but anyway, me and the wife used to do that. That was when we had no kids, and we'd start up to about, I don't know, one in the morning, and then on the day off, I'd get up at about 11 in the, uh, in the morning and go out for breakfast. So, yeah, there you go, little little... Little daggy spiel. Yeah, yeah. What's How it called? You? First forty eight. Yeah, first forty eight on crime investigation on cha- channel seven one on Sky. It's a it's a good good watch. It's uh, you should watch it, Bears. It's really really good. Okay, I'll see if I can see if I can punch that one into the schedule as well. And amongst them racing out of Gawler and Dapto dogs and any Haas racing from Methven or something. Anyway. Hey, um, mate, one of the topics as well um, that we yep. are going to talk about later on when we get in, in Helion is the Australian cricket setup right at this point in time. And it's quite fascinating if you followed it. And us being over here, we might not be um, quite as across it as, as what how big a story it is in Australia at the moment. The Australian cricket team, let's put a little bit of context, I suppose. They, they used to say the biggest job in Australia was Prime Minister and the second biggest job in Australia was the Australian cricket captain. So that's how big they hold the Australian cricket side and the importance of mm. it to all, all Australians. Well, there's something going on. There's, there's some sort of challenge or, or um, kind of uh, a delicate balance going, uh, going on over there at the moment where Justin Langer, who rules with quite a stern kind of... Uh, stern sort of uh, hand, I guess, um, has been challenged effectively by the players who have said they're not enjoying it. And something's unfolded, which has now sort of led to um, the Australian Cricket Board having to come out yesterday in support of Justin Langer. But that, to me, it's like the old school. You've got the support of the board um, kind of theory, which then about two weeks later normally ends up in the bloke being fired. So it could be quite a fascinating thing to chat through um, with Ian Healy but I guess my point that I'm keen to chat about and I spoke to Warney on the text about it is do you need the big nations do they need one coach across all those formats when you think of how demanding touring is for for the big countries could they in fact have a couple of different coaches which operate in that space what do you reckon oh that's a great question Bez and look I've it's it, that's the one with with the cricketing teams. Look, there is that T Twenty, uh, there is the One Dayers, there is the Test matches. Three totally different games. My thoughts are, if you've got 
two different voices? Are you getting two mixed messages? You know, are you having two different cultures, two different environments going in and out of? It might be refreshing as a player. I, I don't know. I've always had the traditionally just had one coach. But in saying that, I've had a Scotty Razor and then I've gone into a Steve Henson. So there's two different, it could be quite refreshing as a player having two different voices, not hearing that same voice, the same tone, the same monotone week in, week out. I think it could be refreshing. Look, it's a great question. I'd love to, uh, you know, chew, chew your ears on, on that and kind of get your insights. I know you've been a coach before. What do you see the positives and what do you see the negatives? Look, it's a great, great conversation I think we should have. Yeah, and let's ask Ian Healy as well when he comes on. He he always has a mm. pretty good opinion on these sorts of things as well. He'll be on a little bit later on the show, as is Kendra Coxedge. But for now, it's 7.30 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So here is Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Flying on day two of lockdown. Just a couple of sports news uh, headlines that I picked up on, which I find very interesting. I'd love to throw to you guys. The Japanese Grand Prix, and this is the Formula 1, has been cancelled due to coronavirus. So the race in Suzuka was due to take place on the 10th of October. So, what's that, two months away. And this is after the successful staging of the Olympic Games, right? But it will not go ahead now after discussions with the Formula One and the Japanese government. So either the government, Japan, the Formula One has been more understanding and heard the Japanese government's pleas. Because we remember before the Olympics, they were very, very, well, I think they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. But there was a lot of unease. I wonder if the situation in Japan has been quite bad and is going to be quite bad and maybe the Olympics glossed over it a little bit but that's amazing that the F1 have said yeah following ongoing discussions with the promoter and authorities in Japan the decision's been taken by the Japanese government to cancel the race and let's come back another time fascinating fascinating stuff and just on the All Blacks well are they going to Perth that's the million-dollar question at the moment. And if they go to Perth, will they get a game? Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan has said on Wednesday he couldn't say whether it will happen. Um, his government is introducing a low-risk measure from 4 p.m. yesterday, which so that that's already in place. So now if any New Zealanders arriving in Perth would have to quarantine or self-isolate for 14 days, he says we're not sure. Maybe we have to work out some arrangement or there has to be a bubble. We have to comply with, or they have to comply with the rules with, for, that exist for everybody else. And get this, as far as the rugby championship games with Argentina and Springboks being held in Perth, which was mooted as a possibility, and I think that's probably where we were all thinking, he said, I think it would be unlikely. It's not our number one priority. So do the All Blacks get on that plane on Sunday to go to Perth? Watch this space. Hopefully we hear from New Zealand rugby at some stage today. There you go, Baz. Yeah, I think there's no chance, to be honest, Louis. Absolutely zero chance. <laughs> I just can't see I can't see that changing. They're certainly not going to take 14 days of quarantine um, for that that game. So I think that one could be dead in the water, which is disappointing for All Blacks fans and, and Wallabies fans and those, you know, especially the Kiwis who are over in, in Perth as well who would have gone along to uh, to watch that, that, um, that match. But that's the life that we're living in at the moment. Uh, is you got a text there, mate. Do you want to read this one out? Yeah, it's a, yeah I've got a text here. I just want to touch on that. Sorry, Bez, uh, before I get into this text. I, I just don't, yeah, I don't see it happening, especially after Saturday. Like, boys won the Bledisloe Cup in Auckland. 
be interesting to see where these lads ended up throughout the night. I know they would have been celebrating, and uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just don't. I just don't. I just don't see it happening, mate. I honestly don't see them going. I see them staying here, and hopefully, we can get the Bunnings NPC back on track and get our All Blacks playing for their provinces. It'll be awesome. I got a text here, mate. Sorry, hi team. Back working from home and able to listen to SENZ all day. Lockdown last ended radio on the uh, sport on the radio, so it's really good to hear sport being discussed during the lockdown. Keep up the great work, and that's from Ted. So thanks, Ted. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate your sport. And yep, we're here for the people. We're here to ch- talk all things sport, talk all things life, and just have some fun and bring some good positive vibes with my good mate. Bears McCallum. Oh, there we go. It's nicely done. Nicely done. There's one more text in here, and it's a good point. Baz, what's your tip? Left us on a cliffhanger. That's a good point, actually. Ooh. That was a bit... I was sort of... I was teased you a little bit there, didn't I? I said I was going to give you out another tip, and then I just sort of went flat. So my tip for t- today... Now, I haven't checked the odds, and now, again, this has come from Chris Moore, who is just outstanding... He's got his iron at the moment. He's got his iron when it comes to tipping at the moment. <laughs> Race six at Warrnambool. There is a horse called Parisian Dancer. Declan Bates carries 56.5 kilos. It's trained by Archie Alexander. So there you go. $3.60. Little, Warrnambool. $3.60. Warrnambool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Perfect. So have a little dip at that. Oh, actually, I should have got my bet on first before the odds <laughs> plummet. Before Izzy gets on and put and just drops the odds through the floor. <laughs> I'm uh, right, what right is it now, mate? I'm on the app. Oh, see, I knew. I, see, that's why I was going to do it earlier, but I didn't do it. And now I've missed the odds. Watch it. Watch it drop. Three dollars sixty will go to three twenty with Izzy's money on. Baz Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ is 23 minutes to 8. 18 minutes away from 8 o'clock, 0800 150 11 is the Kenards High phone line. Get in touch, give us a call and tell us what you're binge watching. What online streaming show are you binge watching during lockdown? We need all the help we can get, but it's time to talk some more code, Izzy. Oh, 100%. It's my absolute privilege to welcome into the show. I guess that with, well, week one, she gave us her time and shared her insights in the Farah Palmer Cup. But this time we're chatting Black Ferns. Some exciting news coming out of pretty average time when lockdown's just been announced. But exciting news for the Black Ferns as a tour of the Northern Hemisphere was announced by NZR to get the Black Ferns some proper test fitness ahead of the World Cup defence. Kendra Coxedge is a gun halfback. And, of course, a great friend of the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning, Tim. How are you, mate? How are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Hey, I just, we just want to, just before we get going, I just saw a wee Instagram post last night. I just want to pass on my condolences. I uh, saw you lost a young friend, uh, Rings, yesterday. So uh, condolences to you and, and her family. Oh, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, Kench, let's get, talk about some news coming out of uh, NZR. Uh, pretty exciting news coming over that you're going to be touring England and France and getting some good test matches over in, over in Europe. Pretty exciting, am I right? Yeah, well, yeah, looking forward to that. It's, as you said, it's pretty cool that that's been announced. Obviously, the day I think we found out we're going into lockdown, but 
Um, we haven't played Test footy for a lot, two years now, so um, to get some Test lockdown against England and France is, is massive for us. You know, they're Tier One nations. Uh, they are two toughest teams, um, and we obviously need to to get them in before World Cup next year. Uh, Glenn Moore was quoted as it's obviously it's it's about the rugby, but it's crucial for us to have fixtures against other Tier One teams, and to do it on the road gives us the ability to bond as a group, grow connection, work on combinations and develop the game we want to play. Is that the opportunity that's ahead of you for this tour? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely what's ahead. You know, it's been, been challenging tough years. Um, we obviously have been playing against each other a lot on the Farah Palmer Cup and, you know, we had problems possible last year and then Bar- uh, New Zealand Barbarians, Blackburn game and I think we're at a point now where we just, we want to play tests. Um, I think, you know, you know, everyone's kind of feeling that way in terms of whatever, you know, sporting they play. And um, I think it's important for us to, to get some combinations going. And as you can see in the Fire Palmer mm-hmm. Cup, there's a, it's close, it's tight, and there's some, you know, a lot of young girls that are, that are performing, and it's going to be a really exciting time. Kendra, you spoke to, when you spoke to us last time, you were, um, you were really hopeful that something like this might eventuate. And I guess now, you know, you've had such a long time away from the, the top level of the game um, you guys have. Have you had an opportunity to look at the England and the French sides and and just do a bit of research on them and know what you're going to come up against? I haven't haven't managed to do that yet, um, but that that will definitely be starting to happen happen soon. Um, you know, I guess we haven't played for a couple of years, and I haven't even really looked to watch a bit of their Six Nations when they they can play and had a little bit of a look. But um, you know, it's one of those situations we know. I mean, we know what they give in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, you know, they. They, we know they tend to, um, they love that front rugby and they, they're actually playing a lot of kicking kicking kind of games throughout the moment. But um, yeah, I think over the next wee while, especially, I mean, we're not sure how long this lockdown's going to last, but it's a good time mm. to kind of to start looking at them because, you know, we know what the French are like as well. They've, they've actually beaten us the last two times we've played them. Um, so, you know, we kind of want to go over there and um, put a stake in the ground leading into a World Cup. Um, they're a good side. They're, they're like their men's side, yeah unpredictable. You're not quite sure what they're going to do. Um, but they're athletic and they're really, really physical. All right. So you do a little bit of research on the opposition. But what about do some research on some of the places you can go to when you get on the tour? It must be good to get the girls on tour, get over there and have a bit of a look around, uh, hopefully not in too tight of bubbles, get an opportunity to enjoy the experience of touring as well. Yeah, we, you know, fingers crossed there we can do a little bit of that too and um, you know, it's been a long time since we've travelled as a side and, and we know how much travelling brings a team together and, you know, we're going to be away for potentially, you know, six, seven weeks. So um, I think it'll be a good chance for us to explore and connect um, before leading into leading into what's going to be a massive year next year, um, you know, with the elite comp and hopefully some more tests leading into the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, it'll be... Yeah, definitely need to research some places. I actually need to look at where we're even playing. Um, you know, you kind of got announced <laughs> and you like to go and check out where you might be playing, see what it's going to be like, which is exciting. Hey, what does this uh, say about the NZR and, and the importance of the Black Ferns team? This is a step in the right direction for women's rugby, this announcement, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's massive and, you know, it, quite, it needed to. It needed, it needed to happen, um, you know, with the with the World Cup next year. There needed to be something, and you know, credit to NZR for for making it happen. And I know there's been a lot of chat for the last wee while. Um, there's just been a lot of uncertainty still around um, 
you know, around this COVID and that, but we're pretty, you know, pretty sure that this is all looking pretty sharp. And we know basically over in the in Europe, UK, they're just they're, they're kind of living as per usual now. So um, we'll just be a fingers crossed that this can still continue, depending on what happens here in the next few next few while. Nice. What about uh, lockdown, Kendra? How are you getting on with lockdown? We, we were just discussing some of our favourite TV shows that we get to watch, and Izzy's a Homeland designated survivor type of fellow. What do you, do you get into the TV shows during lockdown, or what else do you get up to? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, like I, um, I still I'm still working, so I still I still doing a bit of work each day, but that can get quite get quite challenging at times. Um, and then obviously with with lockdown and I, mean, I work for New Zealand rugby and there's no you know no community rugby this weekend and so it's been a little bit a little bit less work and you know I, I tend to get into the old Netflix. Um, I've also got a gym set up at, at home as well. I've got a watt bike and a, and a squat rack and a bench and stuff. So it's quite good to be able to continue to train. Um, but Netflix wise, I, yeah, I like these and have Survivor too. Actually, Izzy, that's a, that's a goodie. But um, I've been watching SWAT actually. It's quite it's quite a good show. It's kind of Ooh. like a um, you know, like a little bit of, a little bit of like a criminal minds, you know, they come in, save the day. Um, it's, there's, I think, four seasons, 20 episodes in each season. So, so it's, it's been lasting me a while. So, Kendra, you've got no kids. So what's that like at home with no, in lockdown? Because, you know, we need, we need some help <laughs> What's that like? Can you tell us what the day in the life of a, a single no-kids person at home is like? Please. No, it's, it's living the dream, mate. I know. I, I know. Tills was putting some lipstick on yesterday, mate. I don't have to worry about wiping <laughs> lipstick off all over your face or anything. Um, no, it's, it's obviously a lot easier. And I actually really feel for for people that have have a family, especially the ones that are trying to work full time as well. Um, for me, I can just do whatever I like whenever I want, um, <laughs> and I don't have to entertain any any little humans. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, thank you very much, Kendra, for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. All the very best. We hope you guys get the opportunity to get out and really enjoy yourselves on that Northern Hemisphere tour, and we hope that it's a real success on the park as well and, and we get to see the black, black ferns dominating. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Kendra. That was Kendra Coxhedge, who is, well, she was New Zealand Player of the Year last year, wasn't she, as well, and, and just an absolute gun of the New Zealand women's rugby setups, uh, they they sound excited. They sound very excited. Gee, they sound a lot more professional than you and I in lockdown as well. Exercise <laughs> locked in. That's that's good effort. <laughs> and, yeah, we've got. We might have a little bit of work to do, my friend. But it's coming up to nine minutes to eight. Still got plenty to go on the show. We're going to dive into many different topics in the next little while, and then later on. Today on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, we have Ian Healy, who is going to talk to us about the, well, you call it a bit of a shambles at the moment, the Australian cricket setup and the leadership joust, which is unfolding there. But for now, though, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Nearly news time with Trudy. 0800 150 is the Kennard's higher phone line. Give us a call. We've had someone t- uh, tweet the show. See, we do get tweets. Glenn Phillips is going nuts in the 100 at SCNZ Breakfast. Is this information verified, Baz? Yes, it is verified, Louis. It's good to talk a little bit of cricket as well. And it's the London Spirit versus the Welsh Fire. London Spirit set the Welsh Fire 163 for five off their 100 balls. What's that? That's going pretty good, isn't it? 
That's quite a high score. Anyway, um, and then in the chase, the Welsh Fire are 123 for five. They've got 26 balls remaining to get 41 runs. Now, a name that we're aware of, Glenn Phillips, he smoked, came in at number four and smoked 80 off 35 deliveries, hit seven sixes. <laughs> he's out now, but she he's just pumped them everywhere. He can play out. He's a serious, serious player, and he did well this year um, for New Zealand when he was given the opportunity. And, you know, he's had now a lot of grounding around the world in these T20 competitions and the 100 ball. And we're just starting to see just how good a player he really is. And a difficult position to bat too, is he? In the middle order and in these shortened forms of the game can be quite a tough, tough place, place to bat. But he's uh, he's made a good impact today. They should get home from there, shouldn't they? 41 off 25. High scoring game. 41 Surely. off 25. Who, who's in now? Who's batting now? Who's any, any rock stars or any big hitters? Josh Cobb and Ryan Higgins. Ryan Higgins can bang him a little bit. I played with him once when I played for Glamorgan. So, yeah, he can bang him a little bit. Josh Cobb's not too bad, but you'd, you'd have to say most of their batting is kind of, it's gone. Yeah, nah, it's pretty much gone, actually. Mate, that, that Glenn Phillips, yeah. he is absolutely built for T20 in there. He's actually quite stocky. Like, he's a powerful-looking athlete, and the way he goes about it, he's got that aggressive mindset, positive outset going out to bat. So, he's a guy like him. You want him in your side, mate. Don't know him personally, but from what I've watched when he's played for the Black Caps, he's... Uh, he looks like a powerful, powerful kid. 800 press-ups a day, Glenn Phillips. Where that one out? He is uh, a rip. He bench presses. Yeah, he bench presses. Get this one, lads. He bench presses 150 kilograms. He's a cricketer, I might like to add. Not a rugby player. Not a weightlifter. He's a cricketer. <laughs> 150 kgs. Mate, so, I, mate I did a watt bike the other day, and I did 20 press-ups, and I was wrecked. Oh, 800. <laughs> you, 800. Did you do them in set, sets of five or did you just bash all 20 out at once? Uh, sets of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Two sets, mate. Man, I'm an absolute piece of work at the moment. I'll be back, Baz. Give me two months and you'll be watching me with my good, shirt mate. off on the screen, mate. 100%, I'll tell you that. You're going good, mate. Anyway, so to, so was Glenn Phillips. Keep an eye on him this summer, too. He could explode for the Black Caps. Coming up soon is going to be Ian Healy out of Australia. It's time now as we come up to the news at 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Trudy for the news. It's, well, still craving him at cafe. Hopefully soon, Trudy with the news. Kubota, together we are shaping and building. Kia ora and good morning. <clears throat> Kia ora and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is Thursday the 19th of August. We're just after 8am in the morning. We want to hear from you as well. Give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 811 at any stage and we'll have a bit of a natter. Or send us a message as well, Double eight, double three. Speaking of sending us a message, we've got a couple we're going to get to in a moment. But just a quick summation of what we've been up to. We had a good chat to Bernard Saundry. Saundry from the NZTR is his CEO, and he outlined the plan to get racing back up and running again when we get to level three. And he also mentioned that they are doing their best to put to lay the, the case to the government that we need racing back as soon as we can. So that's good news for racing fans. Let's hope we are able to see our thoroughbred flesh up and running uh, very soon on our own tracks rather than over in Australia. We also had Kendra 
Cox Edge on the show with the Black Ferns impending visit or tour to the Northern Hemisphere and what challenges lie in front of them. So it was great to talk to Kendra again here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And very soon we're going to speak to Ian Healy, who is going to just talk to us a little bit about what's going on with Australian cricket at the moment. But for now, let's have a little read through some of those text messages there is. Yep, got some goodies here. Good on you, Baz. Can you help Smithy with his horse tips? Louis need help. Keep up good work. Great show. Thanks, Dave. And Karaka. Thanks, Dave. I've got a list in case lockdown goes longer. I'm re-watching First Vikings, Second Weeds, Third Breaking Bad. Loves those series. They're absolutely... I haven't watched Breaking Bad, but I heard that's a goodie. Uh, and I've got another text from my beautiful sister. Izzy, you have it sweet this lockdown. Try being at Swamp Road with a dislocated, dislocated knee and your sister-in-law. He's trying to TikTok my frustration and go viral. And that's her husband, Brad, and he's an absolute pest, so I'm not surprised he's annoying. But I want to give a shout-out to my beautiful sister. She gets up every day nice and early. She supports our show. She loves our show. But not only that, I want to say thank you for all that you did uh, for our beautiful mother. She was there from the get-go. She supported her. She helped her. She was there day in, day out. She lifted her up. She did everything under the sun and... Sister, no, anything we can do for you will never be enough. So I just want to say I love you and thank you so much for all that you did for mum. So love you, sis. Makisha back in Hawke's Bay. She's an absolute legend. But Ian Healy's on the line, Baz, so let's get it on, brother. Oh, that's cool, though. That's real cool. How do you, how do you say your name, sorry, is? Uh, Makisha. 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 That's a cool name, too. Oh, that's awesome, mate. That's fantastic and we know what your family's been through over the last little while, so it's awesome that, uh, that you've all got each other's backs as well. And it's great to know that and Keisha listens to us in the mornings as well. Is And she puts up with some of our ramblings along the way as well. So that's fantastic to know. She, she loves it, though. She loves it. She wants more netball chat, but we'll get there, sis. We'll get there. We will get there. We'll get some netball chat in at some point. But for now, we've got some cricket chat. And, well, England, they... Oh, they fell to a bit of a humiliating test defeat in the end to India at Lords, who were strong when it mattered. Well, Cricket Australia, they've got a couple of issues going on at the moment. A couple of fires they might just need to put out with the head coach, Justin Langer, coming under a serious, serious amount of heat for the results, but more so probably for um, the review from the players into some of the alleged intense behaviour from the coach, Justin Langer. They went down in the T20 series recently to Bangladesh, which, to be fair, is not that bad over there. Bangladesh are good in their own conditions, but it's led to a bit of a a bit of a standoff, and there's been some heated exchanges between Langer and also a Cricket Australia staff member in a team hotel after that series defeat, and some concerns around his leadership as the Aussie team head into a huge summer. As for Cricket Australia, they have the Ashes on the horizon, and and Cricket Australia has come out last night and they've put their full support behind Langer, stating that he has done an incredible job with the culture of the team and they fully intend on seeing out his contract, which goes through till the end of the T20 World Cup next and also the home ashes. So it's a fascinating old situation. And when we're sitting over here in New Zealand, we love seeing the Aussie cricket boys just a little bit of infight. And we've got a man on the phone now who is our SEN colleague, over in Queensland, he's an absolute champion of a bloke as well, as all former wicket keepers are. It is Ian Healy. Good morning, Heels. Morning, Bass. Lovely to be with you, mate. And hi, Izzy. Um, 
Yeah, you put, you put it very completely there, uh, Baz. There's a few issues that don't seem to be going away. And uh, the fact that JL did have a crack at that Queensland, Cricket Australia um, staffer and then it got leaked to the media by a player, uh, it's not, not good. There's a lot of internal unrest and now public debate. Well, that's interesting because my question to you was what do the current players think of it all? But you've mentioned that a player's leaked it. Do we know who that player is? Yes, they do. Um, I, I believe so. Uh, and that's what Adam Gilchrist was talking So He's another wicketkeeper on SEN in WA, mate. Um, early this yeah. week, he said they do know the players, uh, but the person he'd spoken to had told him who told the journal. Right? So, so yeah, they, they know, and I'm sure Langer knows, and and uh, they've still got issues to deal with. So just just keep working through it. Um, I, I think this this team were really rattled after poor performances in the West Indies and Bangladesh. And, and you know, your confidence gets really tested and then you get a bit narky and you get upset by something the coach might have done. And a journo asks you the wrong question at the wrong time for you, the right question at the right time for the journo. And he, and he gets the answer that he was looking for. So so there's little combinations in there that uh, aren't quite working. Yeah, well, you you make mention of another wicketkeeper, Adam Gilchrist. Well, they've also got Tim Payne as part of the SEN setup as well. So that you can see Hutchie's hiring philosophy is very much around wicketkeepers. <laughs> We've got Ian Smith over here too, and I guess the keepers are obviously well, the, most, just, are the smartest blokes in the cricket right. team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not really going for wicketkeeping. He's just going for intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Mate, um, I also I noticed in Nick Hockley, the boss of Cricket Australia, I noticed in his release yesterday, he made mention of Justin Langer, how over the last 18 months he's had great success in Test cricket. But you, you guys have literally played one series, which was against a depleted Indian side, and you got beaten. So are we sort of, are we just using words and using using sentences to just try and um, provide a little bit of uh, protection around Justin Langer? Yeah, see, you know too much. You're very intelligent. You you know <laughs> more what he's covering up, right? So it, it, it's a poor statement. Um, I, don't worry about Langer's success on the field. It hasn't been great in the last 12 months. I don't, I don't put that down to the coach. That's the players, you mm. know, um, so... Uh, so go go back a bit. He's done an extremely good job since the, the sandpaper issue in South Africa to rebuild this squad. I don't think they're loved yet. Um, so uh, you know they've they've sorted out of the, sorted it out at a pre-season camp for the the player review and the, the sort of feedback the coach got that he's a bit too intense at times and you can't you probably can't do that um, you know for long long periods which the last eighteen months with them being together under so much COVID pressure. Um, it would wear on you. Um, and then there's a new generation of person, isn't there, Baz? You'd know more mm. than me about the current player. They're, they seem to be more sensitive and they seem to be mm. um, not as responsive to full-on face-to-face feedback themselves. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I do agree with that. I think it's a completely different setup. And I guess I've got a 17-year-old boy as well, so... I kind of get a, a good understanding of that they are a different generation to what we're used to, and the millennials are they they just slightly, slightly differently wired. Um, but I guess uh, the job of the coach, right, is to, and I think JL's a very good coach. I think you know what he has done with 
um, that Australian side in the face of the the, the situation he was uh, he faced when he first took over is fantastic. But surely the job of a coach is not to impose necessarily your style, but to just get the best out of the team. And if the team is saying that they want it done differently, I would think you then have to do it differently, don't you? Yes, and they came out of that camp saying they're going to. Right, so now something's still festering there uh, with at least a player or two, um, and and we haven't really heard a player like Aaron Finch had a good time to chat in the media today. He hasn't sort of come out and sort of said he's the best coach I've ever had. You know, it, it's sort of uh, yeah, well, no, it's not for us to worry about. The coach will sort himself out. That type of that type of feeling in the media today, rather than you know out and out support and. And then, as you mentioned, Nick Hockley, our CEO, who's just is a brand new CEO. Um, he's been interim in the last twelve months. He comes out and says, uh, you know, that what what you know you read out uh, about Lang, and I, I don't. He's not the boss of cricket. The boss of cricket's a chairman. So I'd I'd like to see. I'd hope that chairman has has got as close as you can to, to a personal meeting with all of them. But but if it's not personal, it's Zoom. Um, weekly for the last three weeks trying to get to the bottom of this sort of stuff and making sure these players as sensitive as they are are very aware who's boss and what what, uh, sort of reins they've got to be pulling to get these performances improving. That's Heels, I was just going to go down that track as well, like a lot of accountability has to go to the players as well, like when teams are struggling we seem to just blame the coach in this case, do you yeah. think, that, think that's fair or all players have to take some accountability as well? Oh, totally take a lot of responsibility. I'd say the majority of responsibility, right? But my, my thinking might be that JL has dominated the dressing room. So in, the, in my day, for example, the, ca- the captain dominated the dressing room and the coach pulled strings around him and, and sort of tidied up the environment with a group of senior players. So, so now Lang's gone in with after the South African issue and had to be dominant, and mightn't have stepped yeah. back well enough. Um, but gee, their, their tactics were wrong against India at the end of last summer. They couldn't get India out in Sydney day five, Brisbane day five. But gee, their strategies and tactics were wrong. There's a lot of people in that dressing room that should have been more responsible than the coach for that. Um, so, yeah, definitely the players. They're not improving enough, these players. You, you know, uh, for Baz, I made a bit of a list. Usman, Kawaja, you know, Travis Head. Aaron Finch, our short-form captain, is in a terrible run of form. Uh, David Warner, mm-hmm. Steve Smith have gone cooled a little bit, while Marnus has, gone, has caught fire, you know. And our bowler's just a little bit patchy other than Pat Cummins. So there's a lot mm-hmm. to do, and these players have got to get it done. That's their job. Yeah, and there's some big names there as well, and you're right, there's a few whose careers have sort of cooled somewhat, and it's no coincidence, yeah. Lanis Lavashane, who's early in his career and still has that hunger and fire to drive himself forward, has has dominated. I guess you, you made a point there around the, the captain normally drives a, a cricket team. Is there, under the current landscape of what's going on around the world and the demands of travelling and COVID, etc., is there... Um, an opportunity to look at perhaps separating the coaching structure to maybe a red ball captain, a red ball coach and a white ball coach and then allowing the the captains to drive the environment from there. Yes, definitely. Look, you you started in New Zealand, Baz. You you just took charge 
and you changed the style of the way New Zealand played their cricket. And and you you know you didn't sort of you tried to relieve as much pressure from your players as you possibly could. Yeah, don't worry, it's it's okay. It's just a bad day type attitudes, and and that's what needs to be done. The captain in there uh, can do all that, right? So I, I think we overrate the coaching job, and they crave consistency. You know, can can I always said let let's get four coaches, and each coach takes a quarter of the year. You know, like you get Alan Border with the team uh, for one quarter, then you get Steve Wall one quarter, Ricky Ponting, and anyone else you like. You know, get me for one quarter, and then guess what Alan Border's answer to that was? Well, I'm not doing Pakistan. <laughs> 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 so I thought, oh god, there's another problem. <laughs> but but I, you know, I think if we get people around that team, not necessarily a formal coach covering his backside so often. Um, you know, just just get that team humming, and uh, you guys showed us how you should do it. Um, like probably seven years ago, you started that, and uh, you know, before this interview finishes, mate, I better really give New Zealand cricket a wrap. I don't know where it's going great, but it's certainly going well from an outsider's viewpoint. And uh, Kane Williamson's kept that team on the field very, very well. Yeah, well, thank you, mate. That's um, they are they've got it they've got it right, but that. You know what they've got, Hills? They've got the right people in the right seats on the bus heading in the right direction with a very clear vision where you can be different and, and you can do whatever you want and you can have different motivations, but you're gonna you're committing to the New Zealand cricket team and it's not Kane's team, even though he's captain. It's not Gary Stead, even though he's coach. It's the New Zealand cricket team and you do whatever you can while you're there to leave it in a better place than you took it. And maybe, just maybe, that's where Australia has gone wrong at the moment. Yes, and I think we're closer to America than you guys. You know, you know the American sports are very specific with your role and then just get your job done, right? And, and everyone will be happy. You don't necessarily have to love everyone, you know, but we've built our, our performances on camaraderie and we're going away mm. from that and because blokes are doing jobs all around the world, short jobs in and out around the world, whether that be IPL, CPL, uh, BBL, um, and, and then they're getting used to that. And they come back into the test team and the, the camaraderie aspect isn't as important in their psyche. Um, so we've, we've got, and that's what probably Lang has tried to, you know, reinitiate, and it hasn't gone down well. Something like that's happening in that room that there's a clash of, of uh, mentality somewhere. Hey, Hills, before we let you go, mate, any chance the All Blacks are going to make it over to WA and go to Perth? Or are they going to let us in, or what, what's happening? Oh, God, it sounds like I've only just finished reading that. They, they, they'll let you in, but under the same circumstances as the public, which which I think, yeah. I, by the sound of the Premier's quotes, he, he's, he just hasn't, he's covering something up. I, I'm pretty sure because these sporting teams have lived differently to the public, they will get some some relief in the quarantining issues. Mm. You know, you, you, I thought they'd be over there by now. Are they over there now? Are the Wallabies and All Blacks over there? So, no, I don't know about the Wallabies. Oh, I think Wallabies have gone back. But I think the All Blacks are meant to leave Monday. But now we've just gone into lockdown, mate. So we're back. We're a bit like you blokes over there. We're in lockdown now. Yes. So then he's now accepting someone from a hotspot, a so-called hotspot, into into his state, so which mm. he's been very uh, dangerous about. He's been very quick to shut down because he's very happy with his mining uh, royalties anyway. You know, so um, <laughs> I, and we've, we're thinking the AFL 
is going to be played in Perth, the final series. But that, that could be in real danger too. So, no, that, that, watch this space on that one because, uh, you know, maybe Brisbane, maybe the All Blacks just fly straight up to Brisbane. Here's an idea. Actually, well, the way you, your Wallabies actually, fellas are playing, you may as well just give us two points anyway, Hills. <laughs> well, do we get one for a forfeit? <laughs> for a coach? For a coach? Uh, yeah, brilliant. Mate, anyway, mate, we better we better stop. let you go, but we really really appreciate you joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, mate. And it's great to talk to Cheers, you. Cheers, Hills. To get your um your thoughts on how things are sitting with Australian crickets. Thanks, mate. Yeah, lovely to be with you, boys. Thanks. Bye. Ch- champion Ian Healy, absolute legend of the game. One of my idols, actually, lads. Growing up, watching Hills do his thing for the Australian cricket team. Not many people could keep the way he did, especially to when Shane Warne was doing his thing um, with leg spin on tricky surfaces. So great fella, a huge um, ambassador of Queensland, Brisbane, and also Australia, and he knows more than most about um, what that Australian cricket team needs. So fascinating. That's a watch this space, what's going on there. It is 8.21 in the morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You are indeed. What a great chat with Ian Healy. Baz, you say he was a he was a, a role model or an idol for you of yours as a keeper, but I think there's lots of New Zealand cricket fans out there that probably were grated by Heels throughout the years. Praise from Heels. Oh gosh, says Richie. I'm sure there's a few Kiwi uh, cricket fans, but he's a champion bloke, and what a read he had on the cricket scene in Australia. It's time for a TAB live update. Bet on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paul Mawate is on the line. And, Paul, it's Thursday, so does that mean we've got a NRL multi to put together? Uh, no, 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 unfortunately not. Well, <laughs> we're, not running the, uh, we're not running the NRL multi-buster uh, this week. What we are doing is we're running the NRL bonus back uh, promotion this week. And, uh, is Izzy, is Izzy taking you broke? Is that, is that the admission? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, his tune. How, he's getting how windy. Much, how much is Mawati's his tune He's getting changed, windy. Didn't he? He's coming to flate him. Come on, uh, Paulie. Back yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got the NRL bonus back, which is what we ran on the NPC last weekend. And because there's no NPC, well, we thought we'd run it on the NRL this weekend. So on all NRL matches this weekend, if you place a pre-match winning team and margin bet uh, and your team wins, but you've selected the incorrect margin, will refund your bet up to $30 as a bonus bet. Um, there are a couple of one-sided games, you could say, this weekend. So uh, maybe if you took the Melbourne Storm 13 and over uh, and they didn't quite make the 13 but won the game, uh, that promotion would come in fairly handy for you. Mm, well, that cost so us. Why aren't we week. doing the Why aren't we doing the multi thing? That's disappointing. Well, yeah, yeah we'll just uh, we're having a look at that, uh, Baz, and uh, no worries, um, it'll be back. Um, we, we were just working on a couple of things. That's all in the background. Okay. I'm taking Panthers right, under. There you go, three dollars <laughs> ten. Keep an eye as well on Warnab- on some action on the TAB today around race six at Warnable too, Paul. Just in case, <laughs> just in case you get a little spike in your in the activity on the TAB on Parisian dancer. Big well, <laughs> I'll keep an eye on that one. Don't worry, the boys have, the boys have got the alarm set right now. Um, we've got a, <laughs> we do have a bonus back uh, promotion on Hawkesbury 
uh, today, races one and two. Um, you guys know the, the deal with that. Um, head to tab.co.nz and, and the Punters Lounge for all the T's and C's. But we've had a market mover in race two at Hawkesbury. Uh, it is, was two ninety now into $2.40. Number five, Tycoon Haley. Uh, so market mover in race mm. two at Hawkesbury. And that's part of the bonusback promotion today, both uh, races one and two at Hawkesbury. Excellent. Thank you, Paul. That is Paul Mwati from the TAB oh, Promotions in play and Bring hundreds song next of time. sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, as is and I both do. It's coming up to 8.30 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It means it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. At 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning, 8833 is the text number. Keep your texts coming in. We're into the last furlong now, but we've still got a lot to give. We've got a whole bunch of horse here. You've got a little bit of time to add to our first lockdown list. What is binge-worthy? What should we be watching? An online streamable TV show. Get at us, double eight, double three. Let us know what you and the whānau are watching wherever you are locking down around New Zealand. Help compile to our list and we'll get, we'll, we'll come up with that list before the end of the show. Just a couple of sports news I want to touch on. Tonga coach and Australian rugby legend Totai Kefu has broken his silence after returning home after the uh, violent home invasion, which um, sadly was just awful. They came and stabbed himself and his family, and he he had to go into surgery, and it didn't look great for a while there. But he said, wow, it's humbling to see the outpouring of love and well wishes from family, friends, community members, and the general public. And he's doing well. He just can't wait for... Uh, Rachel to get out of hospital to join us. So Josh, Maddie and himself are out now and doing okay. That is fantastic news to hear. And speaking of cricket, well, Shane Warne, the king, and you can go and listen to this interview in the SENZ app or wherever you get your podcasts. He came on the show the other morning and he said, why would you Zach drop Zach Crawley? He's got, a, he's got a test double ton. He can actually bat. Well, they haven't picked him again. Yorkshire batsman David Milan has been recalled into the England squad, though, for the third test against India. Dom Sibley and Zach Crawley both dropped from the 15-man squad. Dairy me, Baz. Maybe England need to get into this this multiple coaches thing. They need a fresh set of eyes over the test cricket because Morgs seems to have the, the white ball cricket on lock. They go really well in that department, don't they? Yeah, they do, actually, mate. Look, it's got, it's got some legs, that what Ian Healy mentioned about um, splitting the coaches. I think in this day and age, with all the challenges and pressures which um, all sporting organisations are facing with COVID and travel and et cetera, um, I think the other side of it is to, to try and afford the best coaches could be a slightly difficult thing for some of these organisations. But the bigger nations, you know, the, the Australians, the in, Englands, the Indian sides, ones with plenty of wedge and and a whole host of resource, why wouldn't you look at trying to um, split your coaching roles and and then just try and specialise things a little bit more? And I mean, it'll be interesting if we get Warney back on just to see, because like, I, I look at Warney as someone that could definitely take, um, say, a T20, an Australian T20 side. He could be the coach of that. You might have Ricky Ponning take the test side. You know, you could have a whole host of, it might be an Adam Gilchrist take the one-day one day side. And then you've got a whole host of specialised sort of coaches and, and 
much much deeper resource within um, you know the the past players that you can utilize in those coaching um, uh, structures but really fascinating little insight and yeah I don't know what do you think is he Baz, I want to uh, throw a question out to the to the people out there listening. Double eight, double three. What what do you think makes a good coach, and what do you think these the, the traits are that this coach needs to bring to an environment? And I want to ask you, Baz, you would have been coached by some absolute greats. You're a coach yourself. What do you think the number one attribute a coach needs to bring to an environment? What's your thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think. But ultimately, your currency is performance, right? So that's what you're going to be yeah. judged on is whether you win or, or you lose. I think there's many great coaches out there who um, they provide great environments, et cetera, but they don't get the results. And ultimately, you need to be churning out the results. But it depends on your time frame. If you've got a runway where you're trying to build something that has long, sustainable success, then the runway leading into mm. that needs to be a little longer because you're going to make sustainable change. If you're going to try and plug and play and get instant results, then that's a different setup altogether. So and you can have a shorter runway. So my style of leadership and what I believe is how it should run is to try and build something which lasts far beyond um, your time at the helm. Um, but that's mm-hmm. not for everyone either. And some people grow impatient with that. And speaking of growing impatient, I've got to get us off to an ad break here, mate. But we'll come back and we'll chat about this after because I think we're only, only just sort of touching the tip of the iceberg on it as well. And this could go anywhere when it comes to coaching, not just for cricket, but for rugby and across other sports as well. So mm. let's come back to that shortly. But for now, it is 8.37 in the morning. Oh, and just quietly, the Welsh Fire got up. They got the job done. They won with two balls to go. Ryan Higgins got out, but Josh Cobb got him home. So the Welsh Fire beat the London Spirit. It's 8.37 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. <laughs> You are indeed, and you've got 18 minutes to give us a call if you would like to get in touch. 0800 150 811 on the Kennards Higher phone line. Boys, I want to throw straight back to you, though, and remaining on the cricket subject, because I think it is fascinating, and the, the sport has grown and grown and grown with formats, and it, it is quite a delicate situation. Baz, you've been in these environments, and you know all about it, mate. Well, they are tricky as well, especially when you've got a bit of a power struggle going on, and which appears to be how it sits over in Australia at the moment, and Look, I do think the way forward for those big nations is to separate the coaching roles out and try and tap into some of the extensive resource that um, and, and IP that Australian cricket in particular has got. There's a lot of past great players who are sitting dormant right now that Australian cricket could tap into and not just leave everything at the feet of Justin Langer, which has resulted in the situation that it has and which appears as if there's a bit of a revolt from the players against the coach so that might be able to mitigate that issue I guess for me you know I think the various environments can work differently is and and you've been in all black teams and crusader sides and many other Highlander days I remember those I know you try and put them to the back (laughs) of your mind but I remember them dag from the Highlanders (laughs) and um and played in those sides where you you have different coaches and different philosophies and you have strength of captains and then you have more passive captains and and it's just a matter of trying to find the balance and try and find the right working environment. That, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Mate. Like, the thing I get from Justin Lang is like, I, I get a sense of feeling that he's from the, the old school kind of generation, the old school mindset, oh, well, just harden up, be tough, be, be strong. 
And I, what I get, what I get from from his coaching, and what I'm reading from the outside in is, he probably doesn't have an understanding of of how his players uh, feel, how they work, what makes them tick, understanding what gets them excited. And I think that's probably a major uh, factor into coaching. When I look at the great coaches like uh, Scotty Robinson, I have to bring him up, mate. He's unbelievable. His ability to understand what makes each individual player tick how they react to certain things, what they need to get them going, what they need to, to make them perform. I think that's his biggest trait. And I want to know, is that something that you're really important and you're really big on is, is kind of growing more than just being a coach, actually growing those connections with players and understanding what they need. And it's not just about what's happening on the field, actually taking care about them as a person off the field. Is, am I right, mate? Yeah, definitely, mate. That that's one hundred percent my philosophy as well. But like, that's me as a person. <laughs> I know I like to invest in mm. in those yeah. around me. I like to invest in their lives and and their experiences, and and I like to help go on that journey with them as well. So from a coaching point of view, you know, as a captain, that was what I tried to um, tried to instill in, in the group around us, and and also a real sense of perspective of where we are in our lives. I think sometimes us as players. And, and now as a coach, sometimes I've got to remind the players as well that you are just passing through. There is people who have been before you and there will people that will go after you. You have an obligation in your time passing through to try and leave the jersey or the, or the cap in a better place than you've found it. So take mm-hmm. that opportunity and uphold some of those values because it's because you are now the custodian of, of that situation. So if you do that, then people naturally find where they sit within a group anyway. And then it's about just trying to get to know people. What motivates you? What sort of person is he? Geez, he might be all outwardly, he might be all jokey and fun and, and say la vie, but gee, he might actually be playing the game over and over and over in his head leading into it. So that's mm. timing his ability to actually perform. So how do I unlock that? I get to know him and I understand what are his, his trigger points, what are his mechanisms to be able to get the best out of himself? How does he put all that external stuff to the back of his mind and go out there and commit to the team plan? You do all of that stuff, you get to know people, and then it becomes mm. easy, I think, mate. Like Then it's just, you're out there having fun, you know? You strip away all of those external things, and you're just having fun, and you're playing the game for the game's sake, and then, and, and that's how I think you create a good environment. But I know other environments, and you would have been in them too, where whoever's in the chair, they rule with an iron fist, and that can be incredibly yeah. difficult if if you if that's not your type and i look at justin lang and i just think he's so black and white that he could just do with the shade of gray there somewhere soften a little bit he's got some people in his setup who are very colorful people you know a lot of those sydney fellas mm-hmm. are very colorful they, they live quite a, a, a different kind of um life to what he is used to and, and neither is right and neither is wrong. They're just different, but they need to work together and need to get the best out of one another. Yeah, no, that's that's fascinating insights, mate. I think we could really uh, keep carrying on on this because you're right, mate. You've been in some environments. I've been in some environments, and I've been in, in places where guys react really well to to criticism or to, to things uh, in front of people and I've been in situations where guys actually go into their shell and they're scared of, of actually um, you going out there making mistakes in games so they actually held back and it probably affects them a lot differently and, 
and the best coaches have a real inkling into what makes each individual player um, tick. So it's a fascinating insight. It's not just about being a coach. You've actually got to be a people's person. You've got to have that helicopter view, and you've got to have an understanding of what each individual needs. And look, don't get me wrong, the tough conversations are needed to be had, but there's probably a way that you can go about it in different situations, different scenarios. So awesome work, mate. Love that chat. Yeah, and we haven't even talked tactics, which we'll get on to another day. This is all just the culture, right? This is the, the feeling mm. of the group. We should, well, what we should do, we asked a question earlier on about TV shows, binge-worthy TV shows for lockdown. We've given you guys a few. Well, looks like there's a few that have come back in. I guess, should we just give five is? We'll name five, and then yep. you guys can do with those what you wish. Your two, or your your first two that you had at the start were Designated Survivor and Homeland. Have you got another one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go Designated Survivor, Homeland, and I'll probably throw in the Vikings, because I'm up to season two, and I need to get up to, there's a few more seasons to go, and I've heard it's good crack, so I'll get back into that. Okay, cool. I'll go, this could go anywhere. No, no, just jokes, jokes. <laughs> I'll go um, Ozark, which I haven't mentioned just yet. Yep. I'll go Ozark. Um, that's yep. a fascinating watch. Um, and I'll also go uh, Peaky Blinders. So there's there's the five yep. for you. So we'll, we'll put a nice big circle around that. Watch those. Let us know what you think. Double eight, double three over the next few days. You might have a couple of weeks to watch them in lockdown anyway. But... It's coming up to 10 minutes to 9, which we're on our inside our final furlong. We know what's after the air break. It's going to be Ian Smith, and it's going to be our temper sleep on it. Now, remember the temper text of the month on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are giving away a temper queen bed valued at $10,000 for the text of the month, and text of the week wins a temper pillow worth $299. Nine and a half minutes away from nine. Ian Smith up next on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Ian Smith is five minutes away, but we've got some great late correspondence on double eight, double three. Baz, you want to quickly rip through a text? Hey team, do you think it is more man, man management than coaching? Absolutely man management. I think majority of coaching is that, especially when you've got a lot of specialist coaches around who can do a lot of the, um, the technical stuff. And this one here, Izzy, you have played under both Scott Robertson, Ted Henry, and Shag. Both, well, that's three, actually. In your opinion, is, in opinion, is Scott Robinson up to international standard? Cheers. Dave from Cracker is. Yeah, 100%. I think he's up to international standard. I think he'll be a breath of fresh air. He'll bring some exciting new thoughts. He brings us a total different aspect to, to a coaching setup, and I think he'll be very, very good at what he does. So, yeah, totally agree with that. Baz? And then one here, which is from Hutchie. Hello, Hutchie's listening all the way in from Australia. Good on you, Hutchie. He said, Yellowstone, Mr. Inbetween, Ozark and Billions, my big top four. Brilliant sounding great, Lance. It's nice when yeah. you get a little Here's big Hutchie. ups from the bosses, isn't it? Is. Eh? Just puts yes. a little pep in the, in the, in the stride. And a man who would also <laughs> love a little pep in the stride is Ian Smith. And he's up and about today, albeit Turks is closed, so he might even have a bit more energy today as well. Good morning, Smitty. Yeah, good morning, Baz. Good morning, Izzy. And to me, it's no wonder that Hutchie likes billions because he's got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was going to say that too, but you got me, Smithy. Well done, mate. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. Hey, well, how was about the tipping comp yesterday, mate? That was a nice little 
That was a nice little um, play by you. Thank you for welcoming us and I into your illustrious group. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, little group, actually, and um, it was good to see Baz. You finished in the, in the money, which is a nice little encouragement. It's, it's just what I like about it. It just, you know, it started during uh, the original COVID, uh, and Australian racing was about the only thing going around. Uh, it was sen sensational at the time. So um, my mate Mudgy just said, look, let's put a, a group together, and uh, we ended up at one point with 60-something people in it. So it's really cool, and, and you know, just... But for 20 bucks, you can just pass the afternoon. It's fantastic. And if you, you be like Baz, you get a profit, which is good. Very good. We got paid. <laughs> we got paid, Smitty. How good's that? Need a little bit of a touch-up in these trying COVID times. I can't get overseas to earn the rupee after all, so things are a little bit tight at the moment. Anyway, Smitty, we've got... <laughs> it's time for oh, our... Sorry, is, have we got any violin on. music? Any violin music in the background? <laughs> <laughs> we can play. Good God. <laughs> all right, it's time for Sleep On It. Thanks to Temper. They've got mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Smitty, our temper sleep on it question today is going to be, is you wanted to ask about Justin Lang, but how are we going to frame it? Should we say, is Justin Lang a uh, dead man walking in as Australian cricket coach? Okay, I'll give us some thoughts. Have to think about I'll, that. I'll, I will. Come back yep, to we'll us. Do. Thanks, right, Smitty. So there we go. And what's coming up on your show today, mate? Oh, very busy to first hour in particular. Leon McDonald, of course, head coach of the Blues. George Harper Jr., uh, he's uh, at Carnoustie. We're going to hit him live. Yeah. The Women's British Open starts tonight. And Anthony Crummy, remember him from New Zealand cricket? Well, now he's in charge yes. of New Zealand hockey. So uh, a bit of a what happened, what next for New Zealand hockey. That's all in the first hour. Then Cameron George as we make our way through to midday. Baz, busy morning. Looking forward to it. Good man, all the best, Smitty. Thank you very much for joining us as well on our temper sleep on it a mattress like no other. That was Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ on Thursday, the 19th of August. Big thank you to all of our guests, Bernard Saundry, Kendra Coxedge, Ian Healy, and also to all of our team, to Louis, to Trudy, to Karen, to Joe. And don't forget... You follow Baz and Izzy Breakfast on SCNZ. The race six are warnable today. Parisian dancer. Have a go. You might just get paid as well in these trying times of lockdown. All the best. Have a great day. Kakitiano. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.